Okay, welcome back to the Love Triangle. Uh, it's been a while, guys, hasn't it? Just a bit, yeah. Yeah, that. Are you again? Yeah, <laughs> the international break kind of disrupts things, and then uh, we've had a bit of holiday and stuff, and just getting the three of us together proved to be a bit of a bit of a task. But um, it's good to be back. Uh, got a smile on my face, obviously, because <laughs> while we've been away, maybe this, maybe it the podcast that was that was causing us to I do hope so, so badly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see, won't we? Um, but yeah. Um, do you want to? Should we start with Leeds though, uh, rather than if we go straight in on about Huddersfield and and uh, form's kind of been a bit shakier, hasn't it, since the very start of the season? Yeah, I mean it's same old story almost for Leeds since we last spoke. Out playing teams, out having way more possession of the ball, and not getting the points that that dominance has deserved. I mean. The first game since we spoke, we beat West Brom, which is the first game, this, the only game this season where we've had less possession of the ball than our opposition. And we're the only team to beat West Brom so far this season. Yeah, they look good. Um, then got beat at Millwall after a shambolic refereeing decision in the first 15 minutes. And as much as it's frustrating to lose to them, you almost write that one off and say, look, we got done over by the officials. There's not a lot you can do about it. Yeah. Um, and then since the international break, it's been... Obviously, had three games in a week. Birmingham at home, Preston away, Sheffield Wednesday away. We came out of it with five points, which, on the face of it, people might think, oh, we should be getting more than that, really. But I'd have taken that at the start of that week. Um, Preston and Sheffield Wednesday have both been going pretty well so far this season. Tough places to go, um, particularly being 1-0 down with three minutes to go at Deepdale and, and getting a point there. And then Sheffield Wednesday with the first team this season who've had more shots than us in the game, they were probably the best team. We've The team has put in the best performance against us, I'd say, so far this season. And Kassir had to be at the top of his game to get us a point. Ben White just goes from strength to strength, playing this time in a back three. Superb. And now we've got two games coming up um, before the next international break, QPR and then Blackburn, both at home. Win both of them, and I think it's been a strong sort of month for Leeds in between the two international breaks. Yeah, you just got to grind it out, haven't you, sometimes as well. it's. Uh, I don't think in this league um, it's going to be a case of everyone um, playing amazing football and topping the topping the league it's that way. It's grinding stuff, results out. Exactly. No one can predict who's going to go up at this minute. I mean, Leeds, uh, at the time of recording a third, they could be fourth by the end of the day if QPR beat Brentford. But... I suppose the big talking point around the club at the minute is one we've spoken about before on the podcast, and it's Bamford or Nketiah, who should be starting games. And Nketiah still hasn't started a league game for the club, and it'll be November by the time the next take to the field. Bamford hasn't scored in nine games, I think it is now. Really? I realise yeah. that. And Bielsa continues to defend him, continues to say that he offers more for the team in terms of a, an outlet to get the ball to, and he's just not been able to take his chances and I mean the the one up he had one at Preston where it was it looked like he was odds on to score and he managed to hit the corner flag. <laughs> it's just in one of those runs and then at the weekend against Sheffield Wednesday, brilliant movement, brilliant header right on the stroke of half time. Kieran Westwood, as he always seems to do against Leeds, pulls off a miraculous a great save. save that, great yeah. save. And then Bamford's off at half time. And you just think that moment yeah. he was that close to getting his goal, he probably would have stayed on the pitch then. Second half, and Ketia comes on, probably slightly fortunate to stay on the pitch after he 
chucked an elbow in on uh, Pelopesi after about 10 minutes into the second half. Sounds like a Leeds player. But from there, he, uh, <laughs> from there, he was really, really good and more in a creative way rather than getting into goal-scoring positions himself. Obviously, everyone knows that he's a he look, he's a superb finisher. He's shown that already for Leeds. He's getting goals left, right, left, right and centre for the England under-21s when he goes away with them. But he showed a creative side to his game on Saturday, which I, which I think could be that trigger for Bielsa to think, right, he's starting to show me more to his game than just standing in the box waiting for the ball to come to him to score. And I think I've said it three or four times already, I think this will be the weekend where he starts and then Bamford <laughs> yeah, still plays. Off, actually, yeah. um, but I do think it's got to that tipping point now. Bielsa will never, ever bow to fan pressure. He'll always believe in what he believes, thinks is right, his process, his system. So it's the fans can scream for Nketiah all they want. It's not going to change. Probably makes it worse, doesn't it? That isn't going to change Bielsa's mind. But I think Nketiah's performance in the second half at Hillsborough and the, as like I said, that creative side that he showed, I think could be that, that trigger. That isn't to say Bamford hasn't played well in his general game. I think he has. He has played really well, particularly these last three or four games. It's just his confidence is shot in front of goal. And it must. it's even worse when you actually do make a really good finish like he did on Saturday and even that isn't going in because the goalkeeper's pulling off ridiculous Even when save. he was scoring, people weren't quite happy with him. He's one no. of those players, weren't it? Like, even when he was scoring, people were a bit like, mm, you know. I think that was because people wanted to see Nketiah as well because he's yeah. a bright young thing. And then he's proven himself. But And everything Bielsa says about Bamford does make sense when you watch him play. But all that would be fine if he was being a really good team player if we were also winning games but we're not and people, other people were chipping in with goals but with no Hernandez Costa really struggling seemingly to adapt to Bielsa's system it needs the striker to be putting the chances away I suppose for Leeds though it's it's I mean it's not necessarily unique to any team in the championship but the, the teams you come up against are bang up for it at the start of the game and you you do want to look at your bench and think, oh, I've got someone to bring on who can change it. You, if you've got Bamford on the bench, you're probably not, you know, you're bringing him on and it's a bit like, meh, he yeah. might do something. The you thing know, is, he's though, got, he's, he's got, not exactly a... He's got, sub, sub. He's got a yeah. lot of energy, though, so you <laughs> feel like if Nketiah can run a team ragged like he did at times at Hillsborough, if he can do that for an hour, then Bamford coming on full of energy because you can tell from where he was he had injuries last season so that affected it but from where he was last season to now the amount of running he does it's like watching a different player in terms of closing down getting around the pitch it's just his finishing hasn't improved if anything it's gone backwards and so that's the eternal debate and we'll see if and when Nketiah starts how he does but is everything else all right in the, t- in the Leeds team? Then do you feel like I mean, this is really the only point When's that's Hernandez sticking? back? I feel like Hernandez has been injured for like well, he, forever. He played half an hour for the under-23s uh, right before the Birmingham game, which was scheduled, and he felt something in just that half an hour. So I'm not sure when he's going to be back. And Forshaw is the other one who's been missing. Bielsa absolutely loves Forshaw because he, he says he can wear different hats in midfield. <laughs> he, can wear, he can either wear Phillips's hat or he can wear... Hernandez's hat, um, and he's been a big miss because we've stri- we've had to put we had Shackleton in midfield for a bit, but he's still a young kid. He got injured, and then the man for all season, Stuart Dallas, is now playing central midfield, and I mean he's just been a revelation for Leeds this season just because he can 
wherever you put him on the pitch, you'll get a 7 out of 10 out of him. But I'd much rather have Forshaw in there. Maybe even Forshaw for Click, who's not who's looked to be struggling a little more this season. Uh, but otherwise, Liam Cooper, back from injury ahead of schedule, so he'll slot back into the back line. You'd have fought on Saturday alongside, uh, alongside White. Aileen's been back for a few weeks now at right back. And yeah, every, everything else on the on the pitch is sort of... Costa, I say, is the only other one who's really, really struggled. The difference between him and Hernandez, because he's such an out-and-out winger, but Leeds don't always tell their wingers to get to the byline. He's um He looks like he's not quite sure what his role is in the team when he plays. And for a guy who we've already committed to paying £15 million for is a bit concerning if he's not going to be able to play Bielsa ball. But yeah, Chola Bielsa looked at him though and thought, yeah, he suits what I want to do. Well, like, he was the first the player. Thing. He was the player he told Victor Orter, the director of football, to go out and sign this summer. He was the first name he wanted because we didn't get Daniel James last January, so it was clear he wanted a wide player. Uh, and Costa was the one they thought they could get, and they got him. But it's not quite working for him. Jack Harrison, who was chastised for not being able to find his own man in the box, suddenly got four assists in four games. So it looks <laughs> like he's. Back yeah, up. he was unlucky to score against Wednesday, wasn't he? Did it? Was it uh, Wednesday? He had a shot. There was like one right in the bottom corner. I thought it was Jack Harrison. Or did he no. hit the post? Oh, um, right central as well, he seemed to be at that point. Who hit the post at the weekend? I can't remember. Maybe it was him. And Ketty got down the left, so yeah, I think he had one clear off the line. Alioski hit the post. Yeah. In the same move. Yeah, it was Harrison who had one clear chances. off the line. Uh, but he got four assists in four games, did Harrison, after everyone was saying that he couldn't, didn't know what colour leads were playing in half the time. Um, so he looks to be back on track. He's slotted in nicely down the left wing now. You so had your centenary game as well, didn't you, against Birmingham? That's right, yeah. Um, it was a, a funny old week, centenary week. Um, it was a week where lots went on with lots of great nostalgic, nostalgic stuff. It was all tainted a bit with a feeling of how are, we, how are the fans meant to get involved in it, though? There was... Like a big thing in Millennium Square on the day of Centenary, which is the Thursday of the week leading into the Birmingham game, but no one really knew about it. And it was like, <laughs> it's like a bit of an odd way. Yeah, and so fans were turning up. It was like, oh, people were walking through Leeds and thinking, oh, what the hell is this going on in the centre of town? Right. Then there was the big dinner that evening with all the former, all the former players, legends, all and some great pictures and videos from that evening of legends from different eras, sort of mixing with each other. But again, that was £200 a ticket, so your average fan isn't going to get to go to that. Um, then there was the following night, they had like a, a more of a Q&A type night with like Beckford, Becchio, a few of the older guys, which was 50 quid a ticket, which was a bit more accessible. But at the same time, they had things like they had, they had the centenary kit for the game against Birmingham. But yeah, that, it looked quite smart, that. But that'll cost you 150 quid if you want to buy one of those. Because they're trying to make the money to um, pay for Helder Costa. Yeah. <laughs> and, ha- and they did this lovely mural with all different Leeds players on it but that had a big 11 sports logo in the corner it's just like give it <laughs> a rest of the um, the centenary kit had the actually had the uh, 32 red sponsor on it didn't it the, le- the oh, players yeah. one and, and the centenary crest which is horrible do you like it no nah, it's horrible <laughs> they should just have done something that First of all, they took LUFC off it and put Leeds United because it's more commercially viable. It's like it's a centenary. Right, right. We okay. don't want to know about commercially viable. No, I thought it looked quite smart. I mean, I'm not a Leeds fan, so I was a bit um, like... Yeah. And it just, it just felt like the whole week until Saturday when you got all those players in the centre circle and you had the current team 
uh, replicating the wave to the fans that they used to do in oh, the 70s yes. and the jackets. <laughs> and that was all really, really nice, and they got the crowd in early for that, and that felt like this is it, this is the centenary moment for the whole club, not just an exclusive people and Rajasani getting his face everywhere. No, he was he, could, he was nowhere to be seen. It was former players who've given Leeds fans so much joy and pain in some <laughs> instances over the last hundred years on the pitch and sharing it with the supporters. So that and then winning the game with a local player in Phillips scoring the winning goal in front of the cop just made it pretty much a perfect day. Really but, works out that way when you get those yeah, games. Exactly. It? But it felt like the week leading up to it wasn't quite they didn't quite get it right in terms of the communication to the fans and making it feel accessible to supporters I felt but like I say we've got 100 years to plan the next one now <laughs> so uh, we'll see how they do yeah yeah I mean I suppose Leeds are quite a young club by uh, a lot of the English Football League club standards aren't they yeah in well we were Leeds we were Leeds City um, and then they got closed down for this will shock you for for Leeds Finan- <laughs> financial irregularities. Yeah. Um, it's in the blood. And so Leeds United are inferior Phoenix club mm. uh, that came from Leeds City. Um, and so obviously the, there's a bit of extra history there. But yeah, I think there's some intertwining with Huddersfield as well over yeah. that like formation of Leeds United, isn't there? I think there was a guy from Huddersfield Town broke away and yeah, formed that's right. yeah. Leeds United as well. But yeah, well, I mean, it sounds like a, a kind of mi- mixed celebration in yeah a way. i think if you if you weren't concentrating and just went to the game on saturday you probably really enjoyed it but i think there's some fans who would have liked a bit more involvement a i bit mean more. it was all over twitter i felt i was involved in it yeah um, that, was it all so roger's face it's though it's just i know i mean it was, it was all just boosted social posts yeah. like, so. i was like i don't even follow Leeds united like what what, what is <laughs> this all over yeah. my like twitter so i mean you could sit at home for free not pay for a ticket and just sit and scroll through Twitter and there, there you was, go. There was You're part people of it. saying they were selling like the, the their season ticket for like one game for three hundred quid and things like that for that particular match. I mean, it's not that the centenary. Is it? Centenary shirts have already popped up on eBay for a grand. Can you buy the? You can't. You can't. Can you buy the centenary shirt or is it just yes. limited to that one thousand nine hundred and nineteen? You can buy it for one hundred fifty quid, but there's only nineteen nineteen have been made. One thousand nine hundred nineteen have been made. Right. So and and only in one size, large, which, <laughs> which is we all know with modern day football kits that's like an old medium. That's medium really. Yeah. Um, so weird. So it's not. It's like they've made this kit. We're only going to make so many. We're going to. Well, they've cost, sold out though, haven't they? Oh yeah. We're going to only going to make so many. It's going to cost you an arm and leg to buy it, and you won't be able to wear it unless you're a small person. So it's just like. <laughs> It's encouraging Ooh, exercise. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Encouraging exercise so, and raising funds for Helder Costa. Right. There you go. I think it's fantastic what they're doing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm, part of me is glad it's over a, a bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, because it. it was just like. At least you won't be around for the next one. It, you know, don't know that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as Me- a Leeds medicine's fan. Medicine's coming a long way, you know. <laughs> I mean, if you've got another 100 years as a Leeds fan, I feel very sorry for yeah, you. Yeah, so do I, to be fair. <laughs> um, but then in, they tend to celebrate 1, 2, 5, don't they? Football clubs now. Oh, we'll celebrate ne- 101 next year. They'll, do <laughs> they'll, they'll right all the wrongs of what they did this year Yeah, when we're, when we're a Premier League club. Oh, I think when when, <laughs> when Huddersfield had their centenary, it was, it was a bit mixed because Ken Davey was in charge at the time and we had uh, 
uh, a betting sponsor as well on that shirt, which w- at the time was just then wasn't w- yeah it wasn't as common, really, and uh, it was I think it, they were the first betting company that had sponsored Huddersfield as well. So it was, an, it was like a casino, but I can't remember exactly what they were. Casino Red, I think they were called or something. But it, it was seen as a bit of a taint on a centenary yeah. um, for the club. So it probably wasn't. If they could do it now, I'm sure they would do it a lot, a lot different, and do it like a, a lot more stuff like Leeds have done this yeah. time around. But there's some nice little bits in there for you. Yeah, <coughs> yeah. As it was pointed out, I mean, better to have it this way than say with Bates, yeah, still in charge and him slanging off the club and saying the fans were lucky to have him have a club because he saved them. You'd rather have it this way than. With yeah, you're, the in not, guys you're in, you're in a bad charge. state at the moment, like financially and, and what doing well on the pitch and yeah. stuff like that. It's not like I know you're third in the table. It kind of doesn't feel like that. It feels like you're a bit like ah, because we're not quite we're not we're, we're not running away with it or anything. But I'm not sure how it stands now, but certainly heading into the weekend, we were better off in terms of points um, than we were this time last you season. Last season, right? Yeah, so. Not I know, but I don't think I. I think that's a bad thing that you compare. I think the fans are going to do that, but I think comparing to last season is a is a bad thing to do because it's going to be like, oh, if we're not here and we were here last season, then we're definitely not going to get promoted, uh, which isn't necessarily the case. So you're saying you're not comparing this season to last season and going, thank God we've got some wins, <laughs> yeah. we've got some points, we've got some everything's goals. great. For, everything's great now since we did the last recording. Um, Huddersfield have gone unbeaten. It started with that scrappy 1-0 victory over Stoke where Bakuna came, came off the bench in the second half and uh, it looked like straight off a training ground m- move. Diakabi darts down the right. And he's been a, he's just come on so much in these last six games. Unbelievable, like, confidence-wise. And Bakuna smashes it in and it was a terrible game to watch. And in fact, <laughs> a lot of the matches recently have been pretty poor, actually. It just... I mean, you know, if you can win in a really just unfashionable, kind of like not that exciting way, that's the way Huddersfield have been doing it. But we are top of the form chart in the championship. So as you look at the league table now and you look at the other teams that are uh, in the last five games, everyone else has lost at least one of those matches, whereas we've gone we've gone unbeaten. And I think Danny, well, I know Danny Cowley said it himself, it's a, it's a massive achievement in itself to go six games unbeaten in the championship where you're just faced with something completely different in every game. Um, so some of those games we've won in an attractive sense. Second half against Hull was amazing. I haven't seen that. You know, I was genuinely welling up because I was just... <laughs> I mean, you've got to bear in mind, we haven't won a Saturday game since like it was something like April 2018 or something like that. <laughs> which, I mean, it was emo- it was emotional. It was like a, a moment where your team get gets promoted or something that game I was just like I can't believe we've scored three goals and won a game it was oh man that See, feeling I had moments like that last season when we got relegated we had yeah. moments where we scored like four goals in a game and I thought this is amazing but we, <laughs> s- we still got relegated so oh, don't just, get too you're always giddy. just there aren't you just like popping <laughs> that bubble the funny thing for me is I don't really even at the even at the start of the season I don't think I've ever really thought we are going to go down this season. And maybe that's just because the reality hasn't quite kicked in yet. But I still feel a bit that way. I, st- I, I would still be... I mean, I've never said it out loud, and now I'm saying it, I kind of think, don't say it, don't say it. <laughs> but I still... I can't see us going down. 
you know. something I thought last season as well. Is it? <laughs> yeah, I suppose it can. It, it yeah, it can massively catch up with you. But there's been um, things have changed. Um, you know, since at Huddersfield um, recently, thankfully. What has changed? Then? What's been the main difference? Uh, that's a good question, actually. The the performances. There seems to be there seems to be a team spirit there. Yeah. There seems to be a, an understanding that okay, this is the settled team, and they haven't mixed it up that much at all. Even even when players have played badly, like there's been a few question marks over Elphick, for instance, he's stuck with him. He's not just ripped him out of the team, gone out, right, you cost us that, so we're going to take you out and uh, mess up the starting formation. He's basically gone, um, sticking with the same 11 most games. The Only the last match that we played against Barnsley did he decide to start with Bakuna and put Chalabar on the bench, and that, he me- mixed it up a little bit there as well. Uh, but it's been mostly mostly just sticking with that same team, bit of faith in them. They obviously took a massive positive from the Stoke game, uh, pushed on from there. We had a couple of draws along the way. It was um, it was the Blackburn game was frustrating because we had an inner get. We, we were from the start of that match, we looked like the better team, and then we obviously got quite fortunate with a penalty. Uh, it wasn't really a penalty but I've seen him given for less probably at the same time as well Diakabi did well to a little bit of play acting there <laughs> um, but yeah you go 1-0 up and then Blackburn looked deflated and then Elphick does a s- silly pass across the box gives it straight to them and they're back in it and then they, they just kind of like took a, took hold of the game from there uh, so we, we actually did quite well to end up rescuing a draw from that game with again Bakuna coming off the bench and scoring coming to the rescue um, um, but it, it it was frustrating because it was a bit like I felt we were a bit naive in that match and we looked a bit leggy and I don't know if it's starting to if it just one of those matches where it, especially after the whole City game they were just a bit like this is going to be a different because this is an away match and we'll kind of have to grind it out they know that, they know that um, Blackburn have got a bit of depth they've got some decent players in your Bradley Dax um, when you know Gallagher came on again, he could be a bit of a thorn in the side, can't he? Mm. Um, so yeah, that was frustrating. It was it was similar to the Millwall game in that it felt like we could probably, if we'd have been a bit more lucky, we could probably come away with the uh, three points. But then again, Blackburn did have plenty of chances. Probably a fair result on reflection. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Middlesbrough match again was a nil-nil draw. Uh, I was there for that one at uh, home. It wasn't a great game. Uh, Middlesbrough did an amazing job of stifling any of Town's flair, which we'd seen from people like Diakabe. Because uh, in some of these recent matches, uh, especially against Hull, he just ripped them apart. He, he just, you know, nutmegs and down the line and yeah. what have you. And he was just, he was looking different class, like a totally revitalised player, really. Uh, Middlesbrough did a go- great job. Of, they, they seemed to pack out midfield. Town had very little space to mo- move. And both teams just ended up really cancelling each other out. That said, um, they could have come away with Middlesbrough could have come away with three points as they, I think they put two over the bar from about five yards out during that match. So, um, and we looked like we were struggling to to score. Um, there was a there was a bit of a stomach bug issue at Huddersfield as well. So right. Grabara wasn't in the starting oh eleven yeah, either. I saw so that you had a young kid in goal for that. Yeah, Schofield came in. Uh, it did all right though. Made it save from that free kick, and then that's when they they lofted it over the bar from uh, uh, from quite quite near near to the goal but yeah and then on to the Barnsley game which again Barnsley bottom of the league and they're 
obviously managerless at the moment still, so it felt like a game. For me, before the match, I, I felt fairly confident we'd come away with something. Uh, we did, um, but it sounded... I didn't I didn't manage to go to that one, but it sounded like it wasn't a great match at all. Um, but, you know, it's a bit of individual quality. We've got Carl and Grant, and he, you know, he, he gets into the box, and if he manages to get the ball out of his feet, then... He's always going to. He'll always find the net. He's he's just one of those players. So I think it's for me. I look at the I look at the Huddersfield team, and I think we've we, and I've probably said this a lot on the podcast is we've got a lot of quality in that side. Um, one of my favourite players this season, without doubt, is Jaden Brown. So the left back who we signed from Tottenham's academy in early 2019, um, he went out on loan last season, and he has just. He's so good. He has been so he's so consistent in every game. He does very little wrong, um, and that's so that is su- su- such a nice feeling when you've got a young lad who comes into the team and is what easily one of the best players on the pitch. Yeah. Um, because you're thinking we've got something here. You know, it's if he carries on playing like this, that's that that's that position you don't have to worry about, and also potentially could make quite a bit of money out of him in the long run. Um, I just hope he keep. I just hope he keeps play- every game. I think I think the thing is with young players, you are a bit worried that they'll get a bit distracted and they might get a bit kind of put off by how good they're playing and everything. But he just seems to be um, every match he turns up and he's quick, he's powerful, gets down the line. You know, plays an overlapping fullback sometimes. His crosses are good. Gets into the box sometimes. He gets some shots away. Um, intimidates um, attackers. Gets right close to them. You know, when they're trying to weave something or put a cross in. So yeah, he's he's one of our players of the season so far. Um, and he's one of the most probably one of the most likable Huddersfield players. <laughs> I always feel a bit like there's a few characters in that dressing room as well, and they probably the guys who are playing like Pritchard. Who I don't know. I I kind of feel a bit like he doesn't really want to play for Huddersfield. Doesn't really, and he's been injured. So um, yeah, Pritchard's another one that I think's worth mentioning. As in, we haven't been using him over these over the last six games. He's not been featured at all. Uh, Congolo has been injured as well, so you'd say those were two key players in this Huddersfield team. However, they haven't played at all in this recent run, which we've done so well in. So it must be the Cowboys must be thinking now, right? Should we be playing these guys? Do we want to rush them back into the team, or are we happy with how things are? Yeah, I wanted to ask you about Bakuna as well, because obviously the most famous thing he'd ever done in a Huddersfield shirt until <coughs> these last couple of weeks was that own goal at Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I remember you saying at the start of the season that he was putting in some of the worst performances he'd ever seen from a player in a Huddersfield shirt. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. So I mean, what's going on? Because he just can't seem to stop scoring at the minute. Yeah, I, I think they've just managed him into a a situation and gone right. This is the tactic we're going to play. I'm going to bring you on at this point in the match, and I want you to impact it in this way. Yeah. I guess it's very specific instructions mm. as to what they expect from him when he come on, which is probably good for a player like him, who, from what I can gather, is he probably well a bit easily distracted let's say right yeah um so danny cowley said because there's a lot of talk in the post-match interviews of why is he not starting he's scoring goals for you and that and they were like yeah he's been great but we have to manage him and his his behavior so i think there's just that aspect to him he's he's a, he's a young lad and he just needs that an arm around the shoulder yeah pointing in the right direction type thing 
Yeah, and even with him scoring, it probably need, uh, uh, like we would, like I was just saying about Jaden Brown, it needs to not go to his head a little bit and yeah. just be a bit like you're still you're still part of this team. You know, it's still important that you know you realise your position and you realise your role, and it's not just about coming on a sub and scoring. Um, and yeah, he started him against Barnsley. I don't, like I wasn't at the match, so I'm not sure how he how he got on, but um, it's uh, I guess that's his reward then. It's, yeah. it's like, yeah, you will get a chance to get a start. And uh, some of the other players in the team can see that as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, Bakuna, I think, he'll be a, I think he'll be a good player. I think it's just one of those where he needs to realise his, his position, realise his role and that he can't mess about. When I see him, uh, like at half-time, when he's, me- when he's with the other subs, he's messing around with the other players that I would assume don't really are a little bit more like him in a way. You know, you're on Benzers as that, and he's not really doing anything serious. He's kind of jigging around and being a bit silly. Yeah. And that makes me think he doesn't look like he's got his game face on. And that, for me, that's always a little bit alarm bells from a footballer. But we'll see. So, Amy, let's uh, get on to Bradford at last, shall we? Yeah, I mean, we didn't play at the weekend because, you know, we're in League 2 and pitches <laughs> get rained off. Um. It's really weird because coming into this, obviously before the podcast, I've just said like the last game we played, we lost two one to Port Vale in the ninety third minute, and it was a game where you were just like, "This is awful." Like we we never really we scored from a penalty that we were very very lucky to get. I can't believe we actually got the penalty because normally we we wouldn't get that. Um, we rarely created many openings when we did we just didn't look clinical at all which isn't great because Clinton Dawson's out for a few months as well with surgery and Owen Doyle who's on loan at Swindon is top of the goal scoring charts by a country mile in League 2 is there any way you can get him back Um, so there's been a piece today in the paper um, that Bradford City are basically refusing to discuss whether there's a recall clause. That suggests there isn't. Exactly, but <laughs> they're, but they're always. But this this is the thing: if you send somebody out on a season long loan, there is always a recall clause in January. So if we haven't put one in, then that's just especially if they're in the same division against a yeah, playoff, it's pretty unusual. Like a promotion rival. It's like I can't I can't remember at all for the life of me the last time we sent a player on a season long loan, and when it came to January. We didn't go, oh, yeah, there's a recall clause. And then, do you know, we use it or we don't use it. He's He's got 13 goals this season in League Two. The next top scorer in League Two has seven. He's got a hat-trick at the weekend. He didn't even play against... We've already played him. We beat Swindon 2-1 earlier this month. And he obviously didn't play. He's actually played less games than most players. Um, but, yeah, so Clayton Donaldson's out for a few months. And the other striker that we've got on our books is out at Swindon scoring goals for fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, the game against Port Vale was such a like sobering game and kind of like highlighted all the all the little niggly issues in the team. But I mean, before that, we've won three in a row. So it's a bit of a weird one because it's been actually a really great month when you look at it. But when I'm sat here now, all I can think about is the fact that Will Atkinson, who used to play for us, was in the cup run. Got a nice little applause when he came on applauded the fans as he warmed up and then stuck the ball in the top bins in the 93rd minute to beat us. Ouch. I know. It was freezing cold as well. It was Tuesday night. Um, but yeah, so it's been, it has been a very good month and I think the best thing about this month is that we've had players come in and score who we never thought, like Hope Akpan, for example, um, has been an absolute scapegoat 
um, for a few of the games so far this season and at the back end of last season. And he scored two goals in two games. He just seemed to have this kind of new role where he was playing a little bit further forward rather than playing as a holding midfielder because he's not very, he's not a holding midfielder. We've got several players that can play that role and he's not one of them. Whereas if you play him as kind of a box-to-box or, you know, a bit further forward, I mean, he's scoring goals. Like, I never thought I would see Hope Akpan score two goals in two games. Um, Danny Devine, who's um, a Bradford is youth product, one of those that can play a holding midfield. He scored his first goal for the club um, the other week against Crawley. Um, Shane McCartan, who was on loan at Lincoln last season when we were in League One and they are in League Two. Um, had a really good season. He's come back into the squad for us this season, and yeah, he scored. So we got like fringe players or players that have been on the fringe, now kind of stepping up, scoring goals, playing well. I think that's the best thing because like James Vaughan's only scored one goal this month. And it was from penalty that we probably shouldn't have got. Uh, like I said, Donaldson's out. We've got a lad on loan from QPR who's a striker who scored his first goal for us recently. Um, so there's quite a lot of positives around that um and i think once kind of someone like vaughn gets you know scoring then it'll be a lot better and it's kind of if he starts scoring while everybody else is scoring and playing well then that's kind of what you need yeah if you want promotion but yeah i mean what have you got you've got a game in hand haven't you if you win that then you're top of the league essentially but there's quite a lot of teams still to play as well yeah so this weekend we've got exeter who are second and it's actually a very big game because we're not at home then for weeks. This is like uh, we're at home this weekend and then because of us being away in the FA Cup and away in that leasing.com trophy, whatever the hell that is, um, <laughs> we're then away for another two games. Exeter um, have dropped some points recently as well. Yeah, they're only kind of up there because they've played more games than other people. Um, yeah, so yeah they've, uh, they've fallen away slightly. It looks like it's Cheltenham and Crew that are the teams that are yeah. In form and in that um, top little group there. Mind you, you go down to what seventh and you're on twenty seven points and top of the league's thirty, so it's very, it's very tight. Very close, isn't um, it? Exeter have got um Nicky Law as well, who was a scapegoat again. Seem to have a lot of them. Uh, oh everyone us. loves one of those yeah. at the football club. Um he was with us a couple of seasons ago and, and a lot of Bradford City fans, he, he just used to get a lot of stick. And then when you take him out of the team, you're like, oh, if, if Nicky Law was playing, <laughs> we'd do this, we'd look like this. Or like my granddad always used to go, if, if Nicky Law had had that ball, he wouldn't have done that, he'd have done this. Yeah. He was one of those players that got the ball, looked forward and just, you know, carried the team forward. Yeah, I like players like that. And I think it's a lot of supporters don't recognise it. I've got a massive bugbear at the moment at Huddersfield with... Uh, some of the fans uh, that sit around me complaining about like sideways passes and back yeah. and keeping yeah. possession and you know in defence when they keep the ball they try and keep the ball and they do it they're screaming at them they're screaming at them get it out get it out <laughs> and he's going just hoof it just hoof it and I'm thinking hang on a minute so you would rather him just hoof it to the opposition than keep try and keep possession of the ball there's no value on possession at from Le- fans. At Leeds, it's like a 50-50 split. You've got 50% of the fans who like bought into Bielsa's football like madly in love with it and want us to pass out of any situation, regardless of how much trouble we might get into. And then the other 50% who are like those you were speaking about who would literally 
just rather we hoofed it long yeah. at every opportunity. They just wanted to kick it in the stands. That's what they genuinely just want them to kick it into the stands. It's, That's what they'd rather. It's they worse do. when it's like they're not actually under pressure and like you know your centre back's got it on like the halfway line. And he's just knocking it about to the right back or you know to the to the left back. You know, waiting f- for a space to open so we could go forward. And they're like, just go forward. I said, well, where are we meant to go? Yeah. There's no there's no opening. So you want us to just play the ball forward into a, an opposition player so they can counter and score, yeah. most p- likely. P- play a riskier pass, but play it forward. Yeah. Give, away the, give away the ball. It's but, so frustrating. But no, I mean, Law will come back and probably score on Saturday, as is the, the theme. Um, he's been scoring a lot of goals for Exeter. Um, he's one of those players that, you know, when you're watching Soccer Saturday and he always pops up at the bottom, always seems to score. And you, he, dev- he never really scored goals for Bradford. Yeah. So... He'll score against us, but yeah, I think I think the hopefully the Owen Doyle thing, there's some sort of development. But he said um, to it's the not Swindon, looking good, no, I well he spoke to the Swindon paper. I've got it here. It says um, I'm here for the season as far as I'm concerned, and hopefully I will be here for the season. So it, even there if wasn't a fallout, there wasn't like no one knows of any fallout. Or no, anything. so basically we had James Vaughan, Clayton Donaldson, and Owen Doyle, and the way we started the season, we were playing. Uh, like a, oh, I can't remember. We were playing with Doyle behind Vaughan and Donaldson because before the season I was saying, you know, this is great. We have three strikers, so we can rotate the two strikers that are up top in a four-four-two. Keeps the strikers on the toes. It's three strikers that are going to score a lot of goals. And then Owen Doyle got shipped out because he was playing. He was trying to put all three on the pitch, uh, and he right. was playing Doyle as a ten, and Doyle's not a ten. I mean, he's a bloody goal scorer who's got 13 goals this season yeah um and it's just frustrating now because basically he went out on loan because he got told he wasn't gonna get to play i think in his as an actual striker often um so he's obviously got a point to prove and he's clearly proving it yeah and i just I, he's not gonna get he's not gonna get rec- well even if we could recall him i mean He's, not he's obviously be the a bit same. annoyed that he's been yeah, sent to Coventry or Swindon as it is in this case, yeah. <laughs> which I'd imagine is just as bad. But <laughs> he, he's like, it's kind of like a, um, he's he's out there, he's proven a point to Boyer that he should have been a Vaughan or a Donaldson, one of the top two, not a third-choice striker. And he's, I feel like if he came back to Bradford, even if we did recall him, he wouldn't have the same form as no. he has having at Swindon because he's out there and he's got a bit of a fire in his belly. Fair play to him because he's been absolutely outstanding. He's got a hat trick at the weekend, and he scored a screamer the other week. So that's um, the good thing is obviously he can't play against us, and um, we actually beat Swindon earlier this month, and they're one of our playoff rivals. So promotion rivals. I suppose rivals. that helps a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, but yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a very good month on paper, but I think because Macclesfield, the game got called off at the weekend. I'm sat on the Port Vale defeat where. It was it was just an absurd defeat where we we didn't really look like we were going to win the game, and we didn't make this was a, this was my biggest gripe. We made a sub. The first sub we made was the ninety fourth minute. After, time to make one strong uh, strong for an impact. After they <laughs> after they had scored their ninety third minute winning goal, Gary Boyer went. Do you know what we need? We need to stick on that twenty one year old centre back we've got. Play him up front for ninety seconds. And that's it. We'll be back in the game. We'll win the game. But I no. love it when they des- desperately bring a centre back on and put him up front. But it's usually just, giving him ninety yeah. seconds is a bit harsh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he wanted to do that, 
You should have done it 20 minutes before It that. must be so annoying as a footballer as well when you come on and you literally, you can't even break sweat before the game ends. Genuinely. You know? like Especially a young lad, you know. Yeah. Just get a bit of... I mean, I suppose I, I see, you see a lot of managers do it. They give them a little bit of a taste of first-team action, but I'm sorry, but, you know, two minutes is not a taste, is it? Substitutions in stoppage time are to waste time, not to win games, yeah. realistically. Which you, you don't usually waste time when you're losing. No, not really. <laughs> not like a well-known... But no, it has been an actual... It has been a good month, but I'm obviously still sat on. Yeah, you're both too a bit. You're a bit moaning, but you've uh, you're kind of up there, aren't you? Yeah. You just kind of wish you were. Alright, you can you can sit there. Mini <laughs> games now. Yeah, but it's it's frustrating for us because I look at the t- I look at the table. And I think ah, oh, it's so annoying that we're down there because getting out of that bog. Yeah, because you're the so far behind. Yeah. It's just like you look at the start of the season and it's like oh, it just feels like opportunity lost. Um. I don't know what the best we can do now is. Do you know what I mean? The league's it's so tight, you could still easily get in the playoffs. Mm. There's, there's so many games still to go. There are. There's a lot of quality in this league. I, I have to say, I do turn up to each game and I'm still kind of a bit like, there's a bit of a buzz around every match because you know each each team seems to have a danger man and there's kind of there's always something there to kind of like untangle and see how the team, how they're going to turn up. It's great for the championship. Yeah. We've got Brentford next, when we're, when so it's a bit... <laughs> yeah. If you get out of it ever, um, but yeah, if uh, we've got Brentford next, so that's a bit of a tough one. Obviously, Ollie Watkins has scored like what is it, eight goals or something for them? Like, just he's up there in the top top goal scorers. Um, they had a really good. Oh no, they're playing tonight, aren't they? They're playing Brentford. Are playing tonight yeah. at QPR. Yeah. Did they have a really good result in midweek? They got a really good yes, result recently. They beat someone who put the top Swansea away three yeah. 0 Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, and then we've got Preston, who obviously you guys, they're flying, aren't they? Yeah, good team of Preston. Um, I mean, we dominated against them, but they're they're a good team. They've had some good results. I yeah. feel like Preston are one of those teams that are always, gonna, recently anyway, they've always finished like 8th, ninth, 10th. Yeah, Neil's Alex Neil's a really good manager. I think I think he's underrated. It must it must be because I don't, I, as far as I'm aware, they've not like spent any money or br- like invested massively. No, not really, given they got a big whack for selling Hugill to West Ham as well was it 13 yeah. million or whatever it ridiculous was it's strange just transfer and I think they, they seem to reinvest that in getting all the other lads signed up to contracts rather than going out there and spending it all on guys who they didn't weren't sure it's not a bad idea they, yeah no secure, yeah, exactly. the, secure the decent players at the club I mean, keep it's, them the same, like, it's the same core players basically who just finished outside the playoffs for the last two or yeah. three years yeah, because that Daniel Johnson there is doing amazing things this season, isn't he? It seems to be. Oh my he's god, like yeah. Up there, and I feel like they years. kind of put him away somewhere in a cupboard and just released him this season. Yeah, I've seen him for years. I feel like and four pen- assists, takes penalties. And so. and they've been they've been winning a lot of penalties, have they? Well, he ta- he takes them and he got one of one at the weekend. Um, but yeah, they're it'll be interesting to see how long they can maintain it. Obviously, the second time yeah, recording. It's tough, um, but yeah, they're a decent team. That's two away games for town as well, and I imagine those aren't going to be pleasant to watch either. Because I think we're just going away, and we just we just when we play against uh, these teams away from home, what we seem to be doing is just try to stifle them as much as possible and just disrupt whatever we can. Because we've got you look at Lewis, you've got Lewis O'Brien, you've got Jonathan Hogg in the team, and they can destroy any like any kind of attacking threat to a degree. Certainly down the middle, anyway. Mm. Um, and like our fullbacks are pretty good as well. Danny Simpson's been great. I mean, since Danny Simpson started playing for us, I don't think we've lost. So, you know, he, he hasn't been amazing. You know, he's still, you know, you can tell he's not 
probably the player he was, but he, he's he's brought all that experience in and he's you know quality quality player to have a fullback. Um, so I think defensively we do all right. We can we can shut teams out to a degree. Uh, yeah, Lewis O'Brien's been brilliant. It's just so much energy and power. He's like a young Jonathan Hogg. It's like young Jonathan Hogg playing alongside a the experienced one. So it's uh, yeah, great. Um, but yeah, two, two two fairly difficult games there, I think. But it's um, and then Birmingham at home and then Swansea at home. Which I mean, Birmingham at home, yeah, fair play. Swansea at home, yeah, everyone will be up for that because obviously Swansea are flying. So it's um, decent decent game. But yeah, some some good matches coming up and. We'll see how we get on. Hopefully, we can continue with the um, the kind of form we've shown over the last six, uh, and maybe Pritchard will start to come back in the team, and he'll give a bit of creativity to midfield. That's the only thing I feel is lacking slightly. We still don't really have, other than what Diakabi's shown, we still don't have like a plan B as to how we open the team up. Then, if they manage to stop us, we should that showed against Middlesbrough. They kind of shut Diakabi out, and then it was a case of, oh, how else are we going to do it? You can't always just bring Bakuna on and hope he can find them. I suppose new manager coming in mid-season can't change his squad. It's more a chance of getting a plan that works more often than yeah. not, and we'll work on alternatives, sort of as we go. Yeah, definitely. Timing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, what about Leeds then? What have we got next? So, Leeds are at home to QPR on Saturday. Uh, they may well be above us by the time we play them, with them playing Monday night, uh, and they've been going really well under Mark Warburton. They've uh, actually got a proper manager in. And, uh, <laughs> to be fair to him, I think he's they sacked Holloway slightly harshly. It's not like he was getting them up the table or anything, but he had a very young team. Sacked him. Didn't really go well for them at all last year. But I think now Warburton is reaping the benefits of that young team, that young core still being there with a couple of decent signings up front. Hemed, Wells. Uh, yeah, Wells is on fire, isn't he? Yeah. And obviously they've got Ebi Easy, who's one of one of, if not the best talent in the championship at the minute in terms of a young English player, um, playmaker, absolute whiz kid, picks up the ball and you can't get it off him. He'll be a Premier League footballer one way or another next season. I'd, I'd have thought. Right. Um, so he's a key danger man for them. Try and keep him quiet if we can. I imagine that'll be Phillips's role um, when we're out of possession to uh, stop him from getting up ahead of steam but yeah like I said earlier these two the two draws at Preston and Sheffield Wednesday are good but they will only they'll look a lot better if we take three points in this game and then at home to Blackburn the following week which looks like it should should be a more straightforward that they're almost as mid-table as he can be in this division really Blackburn mm. you can't really see them getting dragged into the relegation fight but I don't think they're going to be anywhere near promotion and in a league as tight as this there's not many of those clubs Yeah, and as such you'd, you'd, I'd fancy us to pick up three points there but this QPR game will be tough, I don't think many Leeds fans would have marked it down as being one of the tougher games in the first sort of 15-16 of the season when the fixtures came out But yeah they've been doing alright haven't they there's still, yeah, issue, there's still issues there team. there's still issues there for Leeds and, and they need resolving sooner rather than later and it'd be good to put a potential promotion rival to the sword at home I think I think that would really get the fans going going into a run of fixtures like I say Blackburn at home then Luton Reading away Middlesbrough at home all look very very winnable games yeah. that's four in a row I have to say Blackburn didn't look like a team they didn't look like there was much like no. kind of synergy there between the players when we played against them and it was a bit of a, a bit of an annoying match to only come away with a draw against them because I think they look pretty average yeah Mowbray's done a really good job there obviously Went down with them, but 
couldn't really. He was given an impossible task to keep them up, got them straight back up, and has established them as a mid-table championship team now, I'd argue. That's probably as far as he's ever going to take them. But if they're happy with that for now, then he's done a really good job. Uh, but yeah, we should be winning that game. And then Luton away, should be winning that. Reading away, easy, should be winning that. Middlesbrough at home, we'll have to see whether Woodgate's still in charge by the time that comes around. Middlesbrough are potentially the worst team I've watched this season. They're absolutely awful. Mm. I watched them on the Friday night once and I just turned it off at half-time because it was so bad. Like They look like they're under Pulis again. Yeah. They literally just like they tried to change a style without changing any of the players. It's it's not pr- it's not I pretty watching. I, I don't think he's long for the world in terms of no. keeping his job Woodgate, unfortunately. Yeah, they pr- like I say they they, they kind of crushed us a little bit at home. Um they've just, just got they've just got some big players. They have got like two huge center backs like yeah, and Ayala and um, Yeah, so we never like looked like we were going to get anything in on a, you know, the from crosses or anything like that that we ever do or any corners anyway, but <laughs> it's uh, yeah they 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 looked they looked all right defensively I would have said, but it's, I think they had a young goalkeeper as well. I think it was his debut yeah uh, for the team, so he he looked a bit nervous. If anything, he was the one kicking the ball out of play and just kicking it straight down the middle to Huddersfield. But yeah, they they do look a they look a bit in trouble. A lot of expectation again at that club yeah. to do better than they are doing. Mm. It's it's not like it is with some of the other clubs that are maybe down there like. Uh, you know, your Barnsleys, your Wiggins, uh, even, well, Luton, even Blackburn, because, you know, they've recently come up on that as well. But I think there's been an expectation at Middlesbrough for a while that they should be competing at the top of this league. Yeah. They've run out of parachute, parachute payments, though. That's what happens. If you yeah. spend all your money, don't get up. That's what happens. That's it, then. You've got to hope that someone comes in and does some magic. Exactly. So, yeah, looking at the fixtures, by the time we get to them end of November, fingers crossed we should be in a far better position than we are now. So QPR game is easily the toughest of our next six. Next one up. Win that, and I think we're in a really solid position. Yep. Amy? Um, like I said, we've got um, a few games away from home. So, away from home, we're very hit and miss. So, I think that beating Exeter at the weekend at home kind of sends us into that away run in really good shape, and especially because of where Exeter are. Whether we'll do that is a different matter. It's a very tough game. And, I mean, then the rest of the month, again, we're we're not playing special teams or anything, but it's just a case of being away from home and being a little bit unpredictable. You'd say, um, making things a little bit hard for ourselves. The three games we did win this month were all back 2-1. Um, It'll just be about seeing what what you do now. Donaldson's out, won't it? Yeah, the the lad on loan from QPR, um, Remy Ote, looks... It looks it looks great, and he should have scored against Port Vale. The keeper did really well to get. Basically, the ball came across the face of goal. The keeper was at the front post, and Ote was at the back, and the ball goes across, and the keeper does really well to get across his line and somehow save it. But at the same time, Ote should score. Right. Sort of thing. It was a great save, but a big chance missed. So. Like I say, as long as the players around us, around um, the strikers, are chipping in with goals and playing really well, and we seem to have players coming in and out of the team that are doing really well. We've got a couple of niggles with the two wingers that I mentioned in the last podcast that are playing really well. So we've got people coming in and performing, scoring goals, winning games. So as long as everybody's kind of on their toes and keeps coming in, because we've got quite a big squad for a League Two squad, so 
there is that competition for places and there is that case of if I play, I need to play well and take my chance. So if people can keep doing that, then, you know, we we should be ending November in a pretty nice position as well. Yeah, you could be looking, could be like, well, you're, you're up there, aren't you? Like yeah. Few, there's nothing really in it, is there? And we're just about to start that running December, aren't we, where it's just like games, they come fast mm. right up to Christmas and... You know, you really the, the the league table will really start to separate itself out a little bit yeah. uh, as the stronger teams start to rise to the top of the league. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how we get on. Uh, we'll see what position we're in when we next do a recording. Hopefully, Huddersfield will be about mid-table, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> which would be nice. Um, but let's have a look at the uh, Love Triangle League table. So Bradford are top, having played 15 games, won eight matches, drawn three, lost four with 27 points. Leeds are in second with having played 14 games. Um, won seven, drawn four, lost three, 25 points. And I'm so happy with this, though, <laughs> because look at what it was like a few weeks ago. Huddersfield uh, now having played 14 games, won three, drawn <laughs> four. <laughs> drawn four, lost seven. And we have 13 points. We're nearly nearly matched our full total for last season. <laughs> How many did he get last season? Oh, we said this before, didn't we? What was it? Was it 15? I feel like it was no, 16. No, I think it was 17, wasn't it? Nearly there. So, yeah, a couple more points. and uh, 16. 16, yeah. So, Jesus Christ. I know. 20 I know. points from safety. It was like, <laughs> it's like we've kind of like tried to erase it from our memory. You know, those... those I think even of fans of the Premier League have tried to erase I have, that because, you know what, I noticed that a lot of teams get mentioned in commentaries and things like that. Oh, do you remember the game last season against mm. so-and-so and so-and-so? But it, there's never a reference of, like, Huddersfield match. Oh. I mean, it's like everyone's just a bit like... It was like some sort of like, weird dream that yeah, Huddersfield was in the Premier League. Let's just forget they were there, because it was embarrassing. <laughs> <Yeah>. embarrassing. <laughs> no one will reference those games. Oh, do you remember when Aguero scored, like, two goals or three goals against Huddersfield? No. no. It's not that even an achievement. doesn't count. doesn't count, oh. you know. They're not even putting that in his highlights, really. No. You know, like his 100 Premier League goals. Like, oh, yeah, but that, that don't count. <laughs> right. uh, thanks, guys. Anyway, so, yep. Thanks for listening. Uh, tune in. Maybe next week or the week after, whenever we get a chance to record. Uh, and we'll see how we've got on. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>